Welcome to another episode of the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. I am your host, Mary Ann Pack, spiritual medium, author and publisher, and joy advocate, leading you into all things life transformational. And this is the Unmuted Voices series. And today, um, I thought I would talk a little bit about my story, about how I found and started owning my own voice. And again, it's not always just a, a, your physical voice, using your voice. It's how you express life, your true authentic self in the world. So that's um, many times we think about unmuting our voice and, and speaking up for maybe others, and we can speak up for others, but we may not be able to speak up for ourselves. Um, there are times when we uh, can do things for others and help and express, help them express their lives more authentically and um, as a sovereign of their life and we can encourage them, but we don't always take it on for ourselves and provide that same um, respect and love, self-love and joy and understand that we are joy embodied. So um, so I'm going to be my own guest today. So I'm glad that you're here with us. And um, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get started. So I realized that it wasn't safe to use my voice or to speak my truth or to live my truth. I think as a very young age, I was raised in a very conservative, um, traditional, patriarchal uh, Christian religion. And so in that, there was so much teaching around uh, the silence of women, the submissiveness of women, um, and the, the servitude of women, that women were to serve the man in their life whether it be their father or their husband. Um, and in that, it gave me a message of I wasn't as important as males in my life, male figures in my life. And um, also, it seemed like that, you know, I was such a, a social butterfly that um, I would always get in trouble because I would be drawing attention to myself. And that was a no-no, um, you know. So anytime I tried to express the bubbly joyfulness, the childlike joyfulness, um, I, I tended to get in trouble for that kind of thing or reprimanded. Um, I was always wanting to do things that seemed to be um, against our religion, but to me it just looked like fun. And um, so there was a lot of punishment. There was a lot of guilt and shame heaped on me. There was a lot of coercion to comply because I was not terribly compliant. I couldn't understand why rules would say that this thing that I thought looked like fun was wrong or sinful. I didn't understand that. Um, so I, I definitely learned at a very early age to watch how I expressed myself or um, mute my desires and my wants and my needs because they didn't seem to be as important as everyone else's. And um, there were indoctrinated beliefs uh, 
you know, that taught me this. And like I said, there was so much around um, the woman's place. It was very, very divided. This is man's place and this is a woman's place. And um, being a woman child, uh, my wants, needs, and desires were not, were expressed as not important as, as the man in my life. And, um, and then also the teachings of the silence of the women, you know, women were to be silent in the church. Women were to be submissive to their husbands or to their fathers. Um, so when you, you disempower a, a sex like that, that misogyny, that, that teaching around that you're not as important and then overall, we're not we're not worthy. Um, we're not um, we're innately sinful. That heaped tremendous fear and um, and guilt and shame on me. You know, from childhood up, I remember um, you know how muting my voice affected me from childhood up because I would have such a nervous tummy, there would be times that I didn't even go to school because I would be so nervous in my stomach. And it was the fear. It was the guilt. It was the shame that was just constantly heaped on you. And it made me such a nervous child. Um, and then as I grew, uh, I always had throat problems. I always had um, uh, tonsillitis and sore throats. And so by the age of 15, I ended up having a tonsillectomy. That was my first uh, neck and throat disease that I developed. Um, and then as it continued, as I continued to grow and realize even more strongly that uh, a woman was supposed to be less than a man, um, it really created a lot of resentment in my life. And I would complain. I was the victim. I played the martyr very well. I was queen of complaining. That was my go-to uh, um, default energy. Um, I would complain about everything and anything, and I would tell anyone who would listen. And even if they wouldn't listen, I'd tell them anyway. So that affected, you know, relationships. People really, a lot of times didn't want to be around me, but I found out years later when I started to heal through it, that, uh, you know, they, they just were, you just complained all the time. And it was so tiring to talk to you on the phone or visit with you. Um, and so thankfully I had come out the other side at that time when they told me, but it affected my finances because I was always insecure, always feeling like um, uh, I, I wasn't deserving of anything good. I wasn't really um, deserving of any kind of wealth or financial security. Or I always felt insecure. I'd never felt safe, no matter how much money I had. Um, there was always that lack and scarcity idea um, in my in my work in my, even in my choosing my um, college, I chose a, you know, 
biblical studies degree because I thought for sure I would lose my salvation if I went to a a um, you know state university because you know it was all those bad people out there that could try to sway my um, you know sway my my life of of purity that I thought I was trying to build and that um, they would taint me and that I wouldn't make it. So I chose Bible college and I have a biblical studies degree. That that caused issues because I really wanted to be in the sciences. I loved archeology, span I loved biology, I loved those things, but that was not, I was always taught that the sciences were not really to be studied in depth or taken on as something as a life career because all of those scientists had to be atheists and they would lead you away from God. And um, I know this may sound strange to a lot of you, but this was the way I was taught. Um, so I couldn't step into the science world that I really wanted to study. Um, my health, the biggest thing was my health. This, this living this way, living this muted life uh, was constantly causing me to create vibrations of unbalance and, and dis-ease and illness in my body. So, you know, in high school, I started to have migraines, horrible migraines, and they continued to get worse and worse over the years to the point where I was having them every two to three days. I could not go longer than three days without them. Full-blown migraine, barfing up your guts, slight sensitive, sound sensitive, motion sensitive, um, you know, on drugs, giving myself shots. And um, I couldn't go more than three days without a migraine uh, by my mid thirties. And uh, the drugs were just horrific. I had surgery after surgery. Um, anyway, at 22, then I developed a cold heart nodule in my throat, in my thyroid. And so that had to be surgically removed. And then it seemed to be okay for a few years. Um, I just continued on with the illnesses that I had, the autoimmune diseases. The, the, um, then I developed uh, uh, another thyroid disease, Graves' disease, when I was in my late 20s. I had um, you know three miscarriages. I had gallbladder surgery. I, I had... In later years, I had hysterectomy. It's just like one thing after the other. And then as I began to study metaphysics with Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life, and she has the um, emotional probable cause of different diseases and body um, issues, uh, pain or, or um, illnesses in the back of her book. And I could go down every disease that I had in my body and align it with an emotion that I was feeling because of the indoctrinated beliefs. And I could tag every single indoctrinated belief that was so toxic that created me to have this emotion. And then this is what I developed in my body. So my body was listening to that negative life, that negative talk, that negative energy all my life. And finally at 34, I just crashed 
We had just moved to Texas about a year. I was driving down our grocery store road. I knew this road. We'd been there a year already. And yet there were, um, I had my babies in the back seat. The boys were young. They were just like three and five. And I suddenly didn't know where I was. The drugs had so affected my mental capacity that it erased that part of my memory or my thought process. And so the next day I was determined to find something else besides traditional medicine. And I marched myself into a health food store and told the owner to fix me. And in that, not only did I begin to have healing in my body that I had never known before, um, the first week that I was on a full body detox, a herbal supplement detox, I had six days without a migraine. I had never gone more than three days. I had six days. The next one didn't come for two weeks and they just kept getting further and further apart as I worked with the natural supplements and, and food supplements and nutritional things and herbals and, um, not really changing a lot of my food intake or, or my exercise, but it was giving my body enough relief that I could start thinking. And then I picked up this little book about alternative healing practices. And so I was looking through that book and there were all kinds of healing modalities that were natural, that energy work and feng shui and using crystals and, um, light work and uh, sound healing. And it just opened up my eyes to so many alternative healing practices that I was just ravenously taking in and studying as much as I can. I love to research. I love to study. I love to write. So that was, that was uh, how I was able to start identifying things, then, then it allowed me to start identifying and evaluating my beliefs. And why did I believe what I was believing? Because I really always felt like life should be good. My spiritual walk should be enjoyable. I should really enjoy loving God and loving people. And I wasn't. It was so far from that. Um, I think it was those just over and over having little aha moments that just culminated into realizing I needed to start using my voice. I needed to start speaking up and living my truth authentically. And it's taken many years. I'm still on that path. It's a journey. This isn't a one and done. I don't have a certificate that I heal through my trauma. Um, that doesn't happen. Um, so it's a, an ongoing process. And um, I think I had to start shifting those beliefs when I started, again, studying the canonization of scriptures. And then I started studying um, different things that that, you know, looking into those beliefs. And then I started thinking, well, this belief feels really bad, but this one feels pretty good. This one does bring me joy and peace. And so I kept the ones that felt good and resonated really with my soul. 
And then I had to start releasing. And again, there's many times they still crop up and I have to release another layer of those, those beliefs that really I was only taught them because of my childhood teaching and the church that I was in. They weren't really true to my soul. They didn't resonate with who I really was and who I felt like God really was um, and who God was. And then I think I started shifting my beliefs to become my own sovereign. Even later, I didn't leave the church until my mid forties. So my sons were, our sons were uh, teenagers and we left the church. I finally had had enough. There was so much hypocrisy and so much you know, seeing people live one way and yet they were talking another way and they weren't walking their talk. And I just felt like I just cannot participate in this anymore. Um, the beliefs that they still wanted to hold still did not resonate with my soul. And I wanted more. I wanted more life. I wanted more joy. I wanted happiness. I wanted peace and clarity and um it just wasn't there. So we left the church and crying had always been the emotional trauma, the emotional ups and downs. You know, I would feel joyful or happy when things were going right or when I thought I was doing right and obeying the rules. And then as soon as I would mess up or I thought I sinned, then I would just crash and it would just be tears and and asking for, begging for forgiveness. Um, because at any moment, my church believed you can lose your salvation. So if you were in a sinful moment and you died, you would not get to go to heaven. You actually would be condemned to hell. And I could never understand if God was supposed to be unconditionally loving me, then to me, unconditional means no condition has to change for God to love me and to accept me and to honor me and accept me into the fold. But I kept reading that God loves me unconditionally, but yet he was vengeful and he was a murderous God and he slaughtered entire nations, men, women, children, animals, everything. And I couldn't see that. I could not pull that together. Because if God is unconditionally loving, it's one or the other. You can't have it both ways. So that really opened my eyes. And um, I had to start installing new beliefs. If these were felt so bad, that I had to start installing beliefs that really resonated with my soul and who I knew in my heart that God was for God to be. And um, I think for me, shifting this, healing through this kind of trauma and um, the dis-ease that I had in my body and the resentment and allowing that to start 
going away, I started calling in teachers and mentors and people to help me learn and thrive. And I know that the work that I have done, the healing that I have done through this trauma um, has, you know, that mess of my life has become my message because I love sharing the hope and the joy and the love of who we really are. Um, because I know years and years ago, I read a quote from Abraham Hicks, my mentor, my first mentor, and um, I have continued to study their work and their, their infinite intelligence um, messages that they send through um, Esther Hicks. And this is the first quote that I put in my uh, We Are Joy book. Um, and so now in using my voice and coming into my own, I write a lot. I love writing. I love expressing my thoughts in writing. And um, so that's the way I use my unmuted voice a lot to express my life, not only to live it um, as a joy advocate, but that I write it. And then I also offer to help other people publish their books and expressing that joy and love into the world. But this is the, this is the quote that made a huge impact on my healing in my life. And this is what they say. You are joy looking for a way to express. It's not just that your purpose is joy. It is that you are joy. You are love and joy and freedom and clarity expressing. Energy frolicking and eager. That's who you are. And so if you're always reaching for alignment with that, you're always on your path. And your path will take you into all kinds of places. You are pure positive energy that translates into the human emotion of joy. Does that not just thrill your soul? When I read that, I had to read it over and over and, and listen to it over and over on the video that I was listening to. And every time it just, it just alleviated and brought such relief and such joy and such connection with the whole of who I am because it's teaching me that I am joy. I am pure positive energy. That's totally opposite from what I was raised to believe that I was innately sinful and unworthy. What a difference when I started believing that I really am joy. I really am joy embodied. My inner being, my soul, my spirit is that joy because it's a spark of God. It is the, it is the eternal part of me. And now my physical mind and body may not always, may not always uh, connect, but I can begin to come into alignment with who I really am as I shift my thoughts, as I shift my beliefs, because a belief is only a thought we continue to repeat to ourselves. So if you want to change your life, change those 
repetition, the, the thought patterns that we have rolling. This is why I had to release some of the beliefs that were not resonating with my soul because those beliefs were not truth to me. Um, they were truth because I kept repeating them. So I believed them. So then I looked for evidence that they were true and the universe simply matched me and gave me the evidence I was looking for. Now I'm looking for the joyful things, the things that are going right in my life, the things that I love. And guess what? The universe is providing evidence that that is now true. So we can shift those beliefs anytime we choose to uh, set aside those toxic beliefs and install new beliefs. And we create uh, a new path. Um, we think about things that are that are that we appreciate. We think about things that we're grateful for. We think about things that are going right. We think about the positive aspects of everything. We look for the silver lining, and the universe matches that vibrational frequency, because love, joy, appreciation is essentially the same frequency, the same energy as that which is source. My name for God since I have uh, resonate more with the title source energy rather than God. So um, my mess became my message because I knew that others out there have suffered indoctrination from your religion. Doesn't have to be your religion. It could be your family. You were taught a very specific way to live and this is your box that you stay in and you cannot expand beyond that. It could be um, teachings from your society, your culture, anything that makes you play small or puts you in a restricted, constricted uh, life and makes you play small or indoctrinated beliefs that you need to break free from so that you can live the life that you love and that you deserve and that you're worthy of because you are joy embodied. And I just love reminding people of who they are. So for me, I am unmuting my voice by, by writing books. This is my first book, uh, We Are Joy, Reawaken Your Joy. It's a foundational book that that really lays a good foundation of who we are and and what good we bring into the world and and just some of the chapters let me just read through some of the chapters real quick just so you get an idea um my dear friend lori raggio wrote the forward beautiful forward and i thank you for that um the the first chapter is you know start with the basics we are joy chapter two is selfishly seek joy Yes, we can selfishly care about how we feel and seek joy because our joy, being in our joy, is the best gift that we can give everyone, that we can, that we can live in our joy because that energy then goes forward into the world and we bless everyone else with joy and it reverberates around the globe. How to soothe your fear. 
Three tips for moving from confusion to clarity. Chapter five, people pleasing is not sustainable. Chapter six, two ways to know what's active in your vibration. How do you know? How do you know what you're, the vibration you have going on that you're attracting? For one thing, uh, there, there's two ways to know what you're vibrating. It's how you feel and what you experience in life. So if you're feeling good and good things tend to radiate to you, you are doing well. You're keeping your vibration high at those beautiful levels of happiness and joy and, and love. If you are feeling bad, feeling negative energy, negative emotions, and bad things seem to come to you, you know, confusion seems to surround you. You, you seem to be surrounded by crappy people, people that are always irritable. That's the energy you are vibrating. Your thoughts have created that energy vibration. And that's what you can shift because our emotions tell on our thoughts every single time. So it's always easier to monitor how you feel, the emotions that you're feeling, rather than all the 60 to 80,000 thoughts they say we have in a day. Who can monitor all of those? But we can monitor how we feel. So if you're feeling good, keep going. Milk it for all it's worth. Keep thinking those thoughts. And if you're not feeling good or you're feeling really bad, that it's time to shift those thoughts. It's time to start understanding who you are and what's really true. Um, and shift your thoughts because as you reach for a thought that feels a little better, that just feels like relief and moving up that emotional scale, just thought by thought, just keep looking for the next thought that feels a little better you'll eventually end up at the joy and appreciation level. Chapter seven is the thieves of joy. Who is stealing your joy? What's stealing your joy? And how you can use the uh, security system that's already built in. Chapter eight is how to move into joy when you're just not feeling it. How do you do that? When you're in a negative role of, thoughts and emotions and bad stuff coming to you, bad experiences. How do you move from there to get to joy? This chapter talks about this and gives you the, the, the tools to use and the methodologies uh, to get up that ladder towards joy. Chapter nine, know, what, know who you really are. Know that you are joy and love embodied. Uh, chapter 10, have a great day, unless you've made other plans. So, um, and a good day, a great day always starts the night before. And I talk about how to do that in this chapter. Chapter 11, your goal, feel good. That's our goal, always. We innately want to feel good because our inner beings are always feeling good. Our inner beings will never join us in complaining or resentment or feeling bad. That's why it feels bad. It's because our inner being is over here feeling good and we're wallowing in the dirt. 
as soon as we start heading in the direction of where our inner being is, we'll feel better. That negativity, that negative energy and emotion will subside. And then chapter 12, feel better first. When you want to see change in your life, feel better first. Reach for those better feeling thoughts of love and joy and things that you can appreciate. If, if you only learn one thing, if you will learn to be in an attitude of appreciation, you will align with who you really are. You will align with source and you will be wholly one with source and spirit, mind and body. That's when you will begin living happily ever kind of life. It will look magical to others because they don't understand why you have such a good life. And you just say you learn to appreciate because appreciation is the key. It's the key to your love and joy and, and, and the good things that come to you. Um, so learn to appreciate. And I so thank you for sharing this day with me, sharing this time with me. And, um, I just want to let you know that these books, my We Are Joy book series, this is book one, Reawaken Your Joy. This is book two, Sacred Crystals that I wrote with April Goff Brown. It's a beautiful book on how to use crystals and um, really integrate them into your life. In all of our books, there are uh, integrative questions at the end of every chapter so that we don't need more knowledge. I didn't want to write any book that just gave knowledge. What we need is integration. And every chapter has integrative writing prompts, exercises, dance things, uh, creative ideas, um, art, music, movement, uh, you know, there's some breath, breath work, meditation. There's so many beautiful ways to um, create a better life and to live in joy. So please uh, go to my website, wearejoybooks.com and um, look at the books that are there. There's ones that are in the works coming up. This podcast, Unmuted Voices series, is um, going to culminate into a book anthology we will have the guests that are have been and will be this whole year uh, in this Unmuted Voices series, and we will write a book together. Every one of these guests um, that have expressed an interest to be in the book is going to be an author in this book, and I'm so looking forward to sharing all of their stories in one place. And then again, at the end of each chapter, they will provide integrative questions because we need the integration. We need to assimilate these shifts and improvements into our lives. And um, asking questions is one way because we have to consider them and it helps us to think deeply and it helps us to see ourselves for who we really are as love and joy embodied. So again, I appreciate you. I thank you for being with me and um, I so look forward to 
um, hearing from you. If this resonated with you, please like, comment, and share this podcast um, as it helps my work go around the world because my mission is to spread more love and joy into the world. And I appreciate you. I look forward to hearing from you. I'd love to um, hear back from you anytime if you have a comment or you'd like to share something or if you need help, please. Um, there's ways to even, if you feel a book being called through you, um, let's talk. Let's at least, um, you know, investigate publishing um, because this is the way I am using my voice and helping others to use their voice because writing is so important to me. I started my blog back in 2015. So I've been writing a while um, just in the blog, but um, I love writing and I love to express my life through writing and using my voice in this way and on this podcast. Again, I thank you for being with me today and uh, I hope you go in peace.